Remy, thank you for joining me on the Social Buzz podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, Bilal. How are you? Very well. I'm very well. You finally made it. You finally I, made I, it. I'm here, thankfully. You know, it's been a long time coming. I've been yeah, uh, look, watching mm-hmm. what you've been doing. Been a big fan. So thank you, honest. thank yeah. you. Um, look, we've been speaking for a while. I've been following you for a while, like we discussed on the phone. Um, we've got mutual friends that uh, you've worked with as well. And um, just just for the people that are watching this or listening to this, give us a bit of a background about yourself. Okay. So uh, my name is Remy Akande. Uh, I am based in Manchester. Uh, I am a social media content creator. Um, I also work... Uh, in marketing as well, so I have a background in marketing. Um, funnily enough, I uh, have a law degree as well. Wow. Um, so that's how I, uh, the long story short, I initially started out uh, sort of studying, uh, working in retail part-time. So that's kind of where my sort of fashion came into this sort of the fold. And uh, from that, I set up a company called Manchester Fashion Industry around five years ago, alongside my business partners, uh, Domain Esdale and Mohammed Jalal. Um, and over a period of time, three, four years, that sort of grew into quite a big company, um, big agency. We ran fashion events for a number of years with, with a whole number of brands across the fast fashion spectrum, the um, sort of your high-end brands as well. So anything from your Boohoo's, Pretty Little Things, in the styles, all the way up to the likes of um, Armani, um, wow. Tom Ford, Selfridges. So a whole host of different brands along the way. So providing them with services from PR, marketing, fashion events, fashion shows, um, you know, seasonal events, um, press launches, things like that. So over number three, four years, that kind of snowballed quickly and, uh, and grew rapidly. And then, um, you know, we had a lot of... Um, pull you know into manchester from sort of surrounding cities so people would travel to manchester for these events so it became quite a calendar occasion so um so yeah kind of got so you you were you were one of the reasons what put uh, the men behind that putting manchester on the map for fashion for fashion that's exactly yeah that's exactly the sort of thing we set out to do and, and hopefully i think we have we have built that a little bit for manchester and you know, it's quite interesting because I was watching the misguided show on Channel Four, yeah. and I found it really interesting when one of the employees said, "Years ago, for us to get a good job in fashion, we would have had to go to London." Exactly. exactly. And now there's that much opportunity in Manchester with the likes of Boohoo and all the companies they own, PLT in the style, whole host of other. I saw it first, and um, it's an interesting space. And one of the reasons I wanted you on was to kind of go into more of find out about the fashion industry and how it's changed, what your opinions are on it. How do you think social media has changed the way fashion brands market themselves, approach the consumer? What kind of impact has social media had on the Uh, fashion industry? Probably, probably the biggest impact in the fashion industry, I'd say, Um, potentially in history. Um, It's been that much of a, um, a shift in the way that everything is consumed, the way we get information, the way we get trends. Um, you know, it, it's almost um, a sort of a norm now to to have. You know, um, you know the the way the way things have shifted. You know, things were done kind of seasonally, campaigns. 
you know, um, very set out in its ways. The fashion industry kind of didn't change for a long time. Everything was um, very, you know, very sort of prim and proper and, and it was done in its own style, in its own way and everything had dates and, and I think social media came and kind of blew that out of the water and everything is quick now, it's accessible. Um, you know, you can you can go on your phone, you can browse, you can get, you know, even the way that things like Fashion Weeks have changed, you know. Um, I started going to London Fashion Week a few years back um, and the way London Fashion Week was done was sort of you know always six months in advance um you'd look at the collection and it wouldn't be out for six months but that was the first you know the first look at it and that's how you'd you'd know what the trends were mm. we don't have that anymore you know the, the fashion week is almost um it, it's still a, a vital part it's still an integral part of the industry don't get me wrong but that isn't the first place you see the trends now you know you're seeing it on your phone you pick up your mobile you're seeing the latest drops, you're seeing the latest, you know, styles, you know, and it's always constantly changing and, and, and turning. And um, even now with the fashion weeks, you have, you know, see now, buy now, you know, brands like Burberry, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll you know, as soon as the collection um, goes live, you know, as soon as the show's done, the collection goes live straight away. There is, there's no, there's no waiting, you know, it's, it's it, everything's coming instant now. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of the, the, the scope of the whole fashion industry now. Everything's sort of a bit more instant. Um, you know, obviously things like fast fashion as well, you know, the brands that we've mentioned, um, their impact on the industry as well, you know, um, sort of coming in and, and, and providing that accessibility for people that wouldn't have had, you know, the, the funds or the means to um, get those styles. Now, you know, it's a, it's a bit more of an even playing field, you know, uh, you can keep, money in your pocket but you can still look like um that superstar or that celebrity um you know that person you aspire to be like you can you can take that and, and have that on a on a budget now so you know from from both ends of the scale um in all honesty you know from the consumer point of view fantastic news um you know everything's a little bit more easy now to obtain um you know everything's like your fingertips there's a lot more brands as well isn't there there's a, there's a lot more brands, you know, and, and even, um, you know, we look at, we look at Manchester, we look at, you know, surrounding cities now, people are able to, you know, reach out to suppliers and, and get, you know, start the brand, the fashion brand, you know, you, before you'd only leave it to, you know, the, the bigger sort of entities and, and people who, you know, had the capital to start brands. Now you can, you know, you can start branding your bedroom and we've seen that. We've seen brands that are now, on our, you know, on our rails in the high street and department stores, they started in their bedroom. It was, you know, it was a, a sort of a pipe dream at one point. They went, you know, and they went out there and, and, and did their research and, um, you know, obtained the right suppliers. They got the right materials. They got the right brand identity. And, and over a period of time, they built themselves up, you know. Um, so there's a number of brands that do that. So with that sense, it's fantastic. Um, and I guess from the... From the purist side, the fashion, you know, when you when you go to these fashion weeks and people have been going to London Fashion Week for years, Paris, Milan, the traditionalists, let's say, let's call them, they are a little bit um, a little bit missed, I guess, about how things have changed. And um, I guess it's just, you know, with things like the pandemic now as well, you know, we're not even able to have that physical 
um, presence anymore, and everything is once again digital now, even more so. Um, well, you, you look at Primark; they don't sell online at all. Exactly. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, their their business model obviously is is completely different. You know, they believe in in retail stores. You know, traditional. Um, you know, I guess this year has, has shown them. Um, you know, when you look at Primark and, and you actually research how their business model operates, you know, they're able to provide the prices they do because of you know, they haven't they haven't got that online presence. So, you know, um, if they did, you know, eventually transition to online, perhaps they'd have to lower their prices. You know, and that alienates a certain demographic of people that do shop there. Um, but yeah, obviously this year they've been impacted to you know severely. Yeah, you know, we've had we've had the, the the whole you know lockdown one, you know, no stores were able to open, and, and again, you know, over the last uh, last couple of weeks, again another lockdown, you know, the stores shut. They haven't got that, you know, and and especially going into the time of going into the the Christmas period, a huge time for retail, a huge you know footfall of people coming to stores like Primark, and they they haven't been able to open the doors. You know, it brings me into my ne- next point really nicely. And this is a world you're into usually, influencers. You're, we work with them, you're involved in this very heavily. They get painted, you know, either you like them or you hate them. What's your opinion and the impact they've had on the fashion industry? Uh, this, is, this is an interesting one. This is a very interesting yeah. one. Um, I personally don't like to use the term influencer. I know a lot of people don't need to like to use that term. Um, that's a, that's a word that's um, been sort of tossed around. It's a it's a buzzword. It's a, a a sort of a word that was originally used to identify a certain group of people, creators online, and not everybody falls into that category. And that's I think an important thing to say. I think the the public's mis- um, con- sort of idea of influencers and and what. The creators I believe do is completely different. Um, there are a certain type of creator that you know works with a certain brand, you know, uh, a fast fashion brand, and they take a picture on their phone and they put it out onto the social media channels, and it's very quick turnaround. And with all respect, that's they do that, and it works perfectly for them. Where I think there is a bit of uh, confusion is not everybody has that same mode of operation. So there are people that are literally a brand in themselves. They are a marketing agency in themselves as content creators. Mm-hmm. They create content to a high level that sometimes isn't even put in their feed. So they will work with a the brand. They will create content in-house for themselves. Uh, they will, you know, they'll have the lighting, they'll have the equipment, the cameras, They'll, they'll do all that behind the scenes and then send it to a brand. They might not have to post it on their social media channels themselves, but the brand will then use in campaigns on their websites, on their emails, on their marketing materials, on their potentially on their advertising in magazines, billboards, things like that. So there's different levels of effort that go into content creation. So everybody can't fall into the, for me, can't fall into the influencer category. Um, and, and that's no disrespect to people that take pictures on their phone or, or people that take pictures on their professional camera. There's still effort being put into creating the content. But I feel like everybody is put under the same umbrella. 
which mm. is which is a little bit unfair mm. you know um some people can't use a camera a professional camera some people are experts and there's a lot of disparity so yeah i think i think <laughs> you're 100% right and it's, it's it's an interesting space i think it's a uh, space that delivers really high in roi but yes it's just trying to for a lot of brands it's about working with somebody that can um, establish the right influencers with the right campaign not every product sells well on social as you know and i know mm-hmm. you know but everybody wants to use influencers and they see it as a the the thing to do at the moment but it's, it is an interesting so do you do you find that a lot of influencers are misusing the the platforms you know like would say faking how much they've got followings and st- statistics and i think you know we ha- we have seen that there's been reports that come out and you know there's been articles that have been published um you know sort of going in into quite a lot of detail about you know fraudulent behavior um that's obviously a, a massive part of the industry and you know there's there's things now that you can obviously use to you know or there has been in the past obviously there, there still is now it's even getting even more you know transparent but there's things you can use to obviously look up people's um you know data and things like that and, and make sure they're authentic and you know that's obviously a huge part of the industry um but on the other hand you know um the people that as i was talking about before the people that create content sometimes the people that create the best content don't even have the big followings um, yes very true you know they create fantastic content but it doesn't doesn't replicate potentially with an audience or doesn't doesn't translate to the everyday person but um and and sometimes the content isn't valued as as highly as somebody who does a sort of flash in the pan campaign quick images you know um you know the phone. you know and going into 2021 right yeah you've seen like currently within a lockdown too you know people watching abroad they'll have their own kind of uh, rules in place how do you see the fashion industry changing in 2021 what do you see happening do you see more online more social people closing stores stopping retail where do you see it going it's a, it's a very interesting question um i think we have seen social media grow exponentially and you know when you speak to people within the industry you speak to uh people who do reports they do you know all the data that they they do you know annual reports the industry is continuing to grow it's only getting bigger you know um i sometimes look at it and think you know the bubble's going to burst at any moment you know um how long does you know this social media game how long will it last it's growing it's growing rapidly you know people are putting more budget more money into social they're putting more money into these online campaigns because that's where they're seeing the traction that's where they're getting the results you know you talk about ROI that is where you're getting your ROI now social media you know uh, and the platforms you know i see you doing a lot of talk about how the platforms work and how they don't work you know where platforms have gone right and gone wrong you know we're seeing all these changes constantly the platforms are constantly tweaking themselves they're providing more options you know you look at instagram it's got a shopping tab now they, you know they 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 really changed the uh, yeah i've seen that update yeah you know there's a massive you know massive change you know everything is 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 driven eventually towards you know um getting that sale um for for the brand and they they really have investing heavily into it 
So I don't think it's slowing down anytime I, soon. I find it slightly confused, Instagram. Like, it's a bit of YouTube with IGTV. Yeah. There's a bit of Snapchat in there with stories. There's a bit of yeah. TikTok in there. Now they've got a downloadable guide, so it's a bit of WeTransfer. Well, right? yeah. So it's, it's a lot going on. Um, it's a lot. Um, and that's why I think TikTok really took off. It was video-based, majority video-based, and it was just, a, a you know, videos, put the filters on, put the audio in, and you're off. Rough, yeah. Rather than even though they've just signed a deal with uh, Shopify to 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 um, yeah make it easier for people to shop on Shopify uh, business uh, websites, but I think in my opinion in twenty twenty one will be quite interesting. I think it looks good everybody trying to go online, but the problem with that is if you, if you, everybody's going to have to do ads, if you do ads, they're all auction based, price goes up. Exactly. And then it'll be the clever ones that figure out where the underpriced attention is and use their mods more. Um, you know, just slightly going back, Remy, onto yeah. a quite well, I, I'm very interested in finding out about this. Is is look, there's some really exciting brands coming out of Manchester, right? So you've got you know the the big boys of the PLTs, Misguideds, um, and a lot of the other ones as well. Is Manchester now seen as a, as a serious player in the fashion world to the outside world? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent it is. And uh, you know, again, I, I go back to saying, you know, these these people kind of start in their their bedroom, their spare room, and and create these brands that have a huge impact. You know, um, not just you know nationally, but internationally. You know, having a you know a global impact. You know, um, I think you know off the top of my head, a brand like uh, Represent Represent Clothing. So they're uh, based in Bolton, um, started by two brothers um, who I know very well. You know, we worked with those guys. You know, at the, right at the beginning, you know, when they were kind of coming up and printing T-shirts, and and they made a transition into uh, an online store that was actually, you know, they had their own designs. And at that point, um, you know, they they had a vision themselves of where they wanted to go with the brand, and they have achieved that. They've, you know, they've managed to, you know do the things like New York Fashion Week, Milan, you know, wow. uh, they're in department stores in, you know, you can go on the website and see the, across the world, you know, how many countries they're in, um, you know, with the accessibility of social media now, we can have that shop front to the world, you know, brands can open up the doors and, you know, with you talk about marketing and ads, targeted audiences, different demographics, different locations, working with the right people, connecting, everything is connected now. So, you know, a brand that started out and had that vision to kind of, you know, we just want to be popular in Manchester. We just want to be popular. You know, if we're, if we're, if we're lucky, we'll be popular in, in Leeds. We'll be popular in Liverpool. If we're lucky, we'll be popular in London. Yeah. And then, you know, now people are dreaming bigger. Now people have those aspirations, you know, we want to take over the UK. We want to reach international markets. You know, we want to be a brand that can really appeal to everybody, you know, globally. So Manchester is definitely, um, you know, paving the way now. Um, and, and a lot of people are, you know, leaving London behind, you know, high rent prices, you know, um, bricks and mortar are expensive, you know, um, and they're coming up to Manchester. You know, they're relocating, cheaper rent, cheaper premises, you know, um, I think I think the talent I think the talent's quite exciting in Manchester. 
Of course, yeah, we've got two of the biggest universities in the country. Um, you know, um, very, very reputable. And, you know, the people that are coming out of, you know, these institutions are going into fantastic positions within, you know, within the industry. They're being recognized and they're getting these jobs and, and rightly so. Um, and, you know, you talked about the misguided documentary. Uh, look, at, look at what they're doing over there, you know. Um, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's, in, it's I saw the I saw the in the style one as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that was quite interesting. Misguided, you know what they've done. Um, it's in the scale of the operation, yeah. and they're employing maybe five, six hundred people just in Manchester, probably more. You know, and they're all uh, and these guys are the, the, are the forefront of change and um, exactly the way the fashion industry is going. Uh, you know, if someone was starting a fashion brand. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them with the current situation? Like, how would you adapt to the market? How would you stand out? Where are the what are the trends? You know, yeah. everybody wants to do fast fashion dresses. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. what 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 advice would you give them? I think it's I think it's very difficult to really sort of identify where you want to go, and I think that's why not everybody's successful. You know, um, it's it's really about identifying the brand sort of image, what you want to stand for, your mission statement, who do you represent, what does the brand represent, what values does it have, first and foremost. Um, you know, you can you can have a brand and it can look fantastic uh, and it, sometimes it doesn't doesn't resonate with people because they don't they don't have any sort of rapport or bond with it or the brand. They just kind of they have the, the clothes and they wear them they take them off and that's it and i think brands have realized to make that impact that lasting impact you need to have those values in place strong values strong brand image strong identity what do you stand for you know brands like um i think of like gymshark you know again another brand that was we've all seen you know recently the the news stories that come out of um about the owners and you know the, the business is now valued at over a billion dollars. You know, again, it's a started, unicorn. Yeah, you know, again, started out in in a bedroom. Um, but the reason why Gymshark has been so successful is because it has those values in place. Um, you know, people were bringing out gym wear that was just kind of for bodybuilders, for the, the big guys in the gym. They came in and changed the game. They used the right people to market the brand. They used the right um, talent. I think they were the one of the first to use influencers without, before they became influencer marketing. Yeah, before they became influencer marketing. They did that successfully. Uh, and they've always had a strong backbone and they've always had those values in place. You know, anybody can wear the clothing. That's what they believe. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be Mr. Olympia or... No, no, they're, they've just sponsored True Jody. Yeah, on exactly. The podcast. So that's a totally different... To what you'd think Gymshark exactly. would do, oh, and uh, <coughs> you know they've had that throughout there from day one, um, and that's why the brand has been so successful. Um, so identifying those key things is going to get you ahead. You know, n- you know, trends aside, everybody can do a brand that is trendy or is on point at the moment. You know, flash in the pan. You know. It's, it's the brands that have that longevity and that vision that will stick around um, and resonate with people. And I think it's important to understand the customer, who you're selling to. You know, what do they want? What habits? What do they watch? What do they listen to? 
Exactly. Um, and, and otherwise, you get so many people that say, I want to start a fashion brand and they don't really know what they sell. You've, you've seen it way more than I have. Yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, we've got these dresses, we want to sell it, we want to take yeah. on PLT, we want to take on Boohoo, you think it's not that easy really. You need, it's, yeah. it's a lot more involved in that. And look from an influencer point of view, what advice would you give a 15, 16 year old that wants to become an influencer? Um, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. It's funny that you say that. It's very funny that you say because I'm a little bit apprehensive about people. I know, obviously, that is a it's a very valid career now, and it's um, it is it is you know it's being a bit more accepted in the industry now, uh, and and sort of in the wider audiences. You know, people are doing this as a career. Um, where I'm a bit apprehensive is when people, you know young kids they come out of school or they're at school still you know before it's you know i want to be an astronaut i want to be a pilot i want to be yeah. a doctor a lawyer now now kids want to be an influencer or they want to be a youtube gamer be a youtube gamer now you know there is don't get me wrong 100 there is career paths there people are doing it as their full-time job and and, and having great success and making you know, huge amounts of money but you need to understand what is it that you want to achieve within that space. What do you stand for as a person? Who are you going to resonate with? What are your values? What do you believe in? And, and where do you see yourself, you know, going in the long run? Because again, it, it can be a very flash in the pan sort of sort of thing. You know, you make a few videos, you you don't get the results that you want, you don't get that traction that you, you want, and then you're disheartened. You think, you know, I wanted to be a big YouTuber, but I'm, nobody's watching my videos. What do I do? Yeah, it takes a so, long time. It takes a long time. It's a, it's a lot of effort that's being put in. You know, uh, you're going to have to master your craft. You're going to have to go through, you know, the peaks and troughs, as they say, the, the bad times, the good times. And it's important to have those values. People that have those values will always succeed and do well because people will resonate with them. So you can't just say you want to just wear a fashion brand because it's cool and that's going to be your career you know what is it as if you want to be an influencer what are you the guess the question is what are you influencing what are you influencing people to do i think uh, i think one of the key skills that somebody has to learn is is is, is patience yeah you know i was watching um one of the youtubers and they said we have to make a hundred videos before we figure out what works a hundred videos is a lot of videos yeah. you know and even then they were still figuring it out and then you know, because everything is 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 numbers based now. You can see everything, and you're seeing and influence. Why why is he doing so many? We're doing so many, and that's where the patience comes in. Because otherwise, it's it's just uh, you start you start then creating content according to the numbers. Like I said, you've got to be into something. You can't just be into. You might be into sport. You might be into fashion. You might be into I don't know. You know chess. You know so, exactly. and then you've got to, you've got to be into it. Any top influence. Any top person on social yeah. from Casey Neistat to anyone Joe Rogan they were doing it as a passion first not a business exactly exactly that's it a, became that's a business after but it was a yeah, passion first yeah. you'll see that and that you can you can tell that they're transparent people they're well, look at, uh, how many got episodes does Joe Rogan and he's in the thousands thousands of episodes but he only got that recognition later on and became yes that. Um, you look at people like Gary Vee you know, yeah, very, that's that's you know, 
directors, you know, doing YouTube, doing Wine Library years ago. He had that passion years ago. Yeah, you know, Casey Neistat, people, these guys are, you know, um, constantly doing content upon content and they're sticking to schedules and then they're analyzing it because that's a good thing with digital platforms. You can analyze what's working, what's not. But I think you've got to be creative and you've got to be patient. Otherwise, it's hard to stand out. You know, it's just not going to work. It's not. And I always say, you know, overnight success, it takes 10 years. Minimum. Minimum, you know, you, you have to master your craft, you know. We talk about the 10,000 hours of putting in... You know, shark Tank, Shark Tank, going overnight success is 30 yeah. years. Exactly, you know. Um, and I think this generation in particular, you know, wants that success, uh, you know, yesterday. They want it, they want it straight away. Uh, and, it, and it takes a long time. You know, you look at all the big, you know, the names you mentioned there, um, the big YouTubers, you know, people like, you know, I look at KSI. You know, yeah, KSI, look how KSI. Um, and, and done so well, but always had those values. And, and his, his content is, is very different to, you know, the usual kind of content, you know. But within that gaming world, he was, you know, putting out a video upon video upon video, you know. Every day they're putting out videos. Um, and, and now he's, he's made that transition. He's reaping the benefits. He's become a brand. He's become an identity. He's got that audience. Now he can transition into anything. Now he can do fashion. Now he can do music. Boxing. Now he can do boxing. You know, he can yeah. do anything now. Um, but that didn't come like that, a click of a finger. That was, you know, years and years of graft and hard work and, and ups and downs, you know. Not everybody was watching KSI on day one, you know. He, he had no. a period where he went through where no one was watching his videos. Now he's getting millions of views. So, um, if I was, you know, to say to the young generation, like you say, have that, have that patience and that perseverance is, is so important and so, so key. And one of my last questions is, what are the best Instagrammable places in Manchester? <laughs> Am I allowed to give away secrets? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> We're not allowed to give away secrets. <laughs> no, it, Manchester's fantastic. We've got, we've got um, you know, places like the Northern Quarter, you know, a little bit more um trendy a little bit more edgy um that quirky kind of you know the street art you know the you know the the moodier vibes mm. and that side of town we've got you know places like deansgate spinning fields a little bit more cleaner the new parts of town a bit more modern isn't it a bit more modern you know you've got the uh, a lot of the skyscrapers now uh, going up a lot they're everywhere everywhere you go there's a skyscraper yeah, there's everywhere now so it's crazy uh, yeah, so on that side of town, you know. I'll tell you something funny. I went into Cloud 23 in the Hilton. Okay. And I was standing there and I looked up and I saw three skyscrapers. They were massive. Yeah. And I go and I go to one of the bartenders. I go, when did they put them up? Because about a year ago. <laughs> I've never seen them before. It's crazy. Yeah. You know it's which new- ones I mean? The three, um, I, don't, I think they're called Square, I think. Square, yeah. You've got West Tower, South Tower. Yeah, I know, I know it there. So um, I think they're fantastic. I think they look great. Um, I think Manchester is obviously rapidly changing, and we're going to see a lot more of them. You know, it won't be just those three. We're going to we're going to see um, these investors, and and they're going to they're going to come in and they're going to try and top the last one. So you know, for now they're the big three towers, but you know, give it five, ten years, there's going to be even bigger ones. 
Um, and let the let the Arabs get involved. Exactly. Well, you know, the, the investors are coming over from from China and and uh, yeah. Greece, and you know, they're seeing Manchester as that uh, next place to develop. You know, as I said, we talk about you know, not just in fashion, but um, you know, in in that kind of commercial space as well. You know, it's it's got huge opportunities. So it's a it's a it's a it's a great place to be. It's a great great city to be in, and um, it's only getting better. Um, you know, it's fantastic news, I think. And if anyone wants to connect with you, you know, reach out to you, work with you, get advice off you for their brands, influencers, yeah. how do they do that? They can hit me up on Instagram. So yep. my handle is Remy Akande, R-E-M-I-A-K-A-N. We'll put it in the description. Put it in the description for me, thank you. Uh, <laughs> they can hit me up on there. Um, I'm always quite active on my Instagram, posting content. Um, so yeah, that's the best place to get me. Drop me a DM if you want to chat about anything. I'm always, you know, speaking to people, not just about fashion, you know, life, positivity, um, you know, things in general. Um, DMs are always open. So if anybody wants to pop in there and drop me a message, we'll, we'll connect. Remy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out. You know, oh. not everybody would do that. It's been a pleasure. I know we've been trying to connect, but as soon as we get a studio, we're going to get you back in. Definitely would be uh, an honor. So yeah, thank you so much for your time and appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.